0: what's up nerds welcome to the bad christian podcast we'll get going here in just a second but i gotta tell you i got an announcement emory has a new ep that we're in process of mixing finishing guitar a couple little last things on And we got some big plans for it. We're going to be next week. We're going to be streaming a bunch of stuff live, so pay attention. And obviously, this is going to involve our crowdfunding and raising money for the new record. And we're launching a digital community for Emory that I think is going to be a blast. We've learned a lot from doing the Bad Christian Club, and we're going to try and build something out for Emory that's equally fun um, and more music-based kind of a thing. So I think it'll be great. And if you're a BC Club member, you're going to get some you know perks or free membership or something like that. We're going to get it all worked out. I just want to get you primed and ready for some new music to drop. We are in this mode now where we're creating music together and we're doing it on Twitch and Skype and doing it week to week, year to year. And I think we're going to be a lot more productive than we have in the past and that'll start with this new EP and you'll hear more about it soon. Today's show is brought to you by 8Sleep. You can get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also brought to you by Sherry's Berries. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and enter our code BADCHRISTIAN to get freshly dipped strawberries starting at just 19.99. And also, today's show is brought to you by Pro Flowers. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming. Get one dozen assorted roses for 19.99 by going to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner and use our code Bad Christian. Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah, God
1: showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way.
0: <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad
1: my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that.
2: Three, two, one, it is. Bad, bad, bad Christian. Okay. That felt like we were jump roping and I was trying to figure my spot to hop in and I just couldn't find it.
1: I like that analogy, Toby. It reminds me of life and how sometimes we just look at a situation too much and we just got to figure out the rhythms and jump in. Yeah. And I think uh, the Holy Spirit will guide, you know, guide that process. People yeah.
2: don't know this about Joey. You were what? I would think
1: uh, up until... I majored in rhythms of life. If no, that's no. In asking, junior
2: high school, I think you were state double dutch champion. Double was dutch. It, She's was it, wild on double dutch. Oh, you used to go off on double dutch. You could do the... Like your feet would bounce left and right and you would do the thing. Yeah, and had all those... They would and do the two all ropes poems? at the time. Yeah. There was one time where I saw Joey. They did double dutch with the two ropes, and then he jumps in with a solo rope by himself. Is jumping all three ropes at the same time, yeah. and his belly's just going everywhere. It was yeah. unbelievably fun to watch.
1: I yeah, think the, the enemy, part. the enemy, was using my belly actually against me, which is why wow. I eventually stopped. And now, and I and you can think look of them
2: because you're a pastor, you think of the enemy as Democrats. Am I right? That's what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, but I know that I'm really supposed to see that, see it as Satan. I know it's the Democrats, but I yeah. I, I see it as Satan I'm, and I principalities.
2: The Democrats are and Satan are very similar. Is what yeah. I was. Yeah, that's in what I. In fact, I've, the yeah.
1: principalities that's discussed in the Bible, like uh-huh. hey, we're, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities. It's basically saying battle's not against flesh and blood, but. Democrats,
2: yep, that's well, why I thought Matt and I wouldn't be friends because he was one of those southern democrats, thought he was all uppity, and I was just an idiot republican. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dumbass. But I, what's worse, we won Demo-
0: him over, we won him over. <laughs> what's whatever, worse, a drunken. democrat or a liberal? Oh, <laughs> uh, or a progressive? Oh, don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I, I mean, you know, I love even when you say labels. that, like when you guys call me. Some S- Seattle liberal or Democrat. It makes my it makes me angry because I'm not, <laughs> uh, but I do think of myself. I'm, but I'm sure. But if I was called a, if I'm called a right winger, that pisses me off even more. I mean, good oh, gosh, no. like you know what I mean? Like either one of those things. That's like if you call me, don't you call me that? Don't you fucking say that to me? It
1: is crazy, but all three of us are that to most evangelicals. Oh, I know. There's nothing about us that doesn't oh. fall. Into well, I'm that just category. saying, I
0: completely reject. Uh, I Republican. do too. Feels I, mean, I, I would never be a Republican in a billion years. But if I had to be something, it probably actually is. I mean, honestly, I think of myself as a progressive because I'm progressive. I'm not trying to go left or right. I'm trying to go up. I'm trying to get somewhere. I, it's not about going right or left. That's crazy talk. To but me. what we've so always heard pr- from, from that word progressive to me progressive, is the upward though. direction. I know but what what we always what thought that, that freaks that. us out. So yeah, there is a knee-jerk reaction. I'm just saying that's the word that exists right. that best summarizes the way I think about the way that I think. Progress. Move on. Learn some new stuff. Travel upward. Take what's good from the left. Take what's good from the right. Move on. Improve things. Progressive. That's what yeah. I. That's how I think of myself as a progressive. Toby I, told me the other was, day that he on, is a. Go ahead.
1: I, you just told me the other day that you are a progressive deconstructionist is what you oh, want to be referred no. to from now on. I don't like any. A woke, I don't like any you're a woke deconstruction that, progressive. Yeah, woke. That's what <laughs> okay. I am
2: woke. Two things before I move on. The other day, I think I told you all this, but I was talking to my dad. and I think we were talking about the wall and <laughs> Trump building the wall. And I was like, yeah, but I just think, I was like, dad, I think there could be a better way of using funds and resources. I said, I'm all for Border control, I think that's actually important. We should just figure that out. Whatever America thinks is the safe and right way. And my dad, my dad, my dad said, Toby, I know you're a liberal, but I'm just trying right. to tell you. That. And I'm yeah. yeah. exactly. yeah. like, what are you doing? Now, I know you're a liberal, and I understand that. I was like, what are you talking about? But the thing is, why is everybody so damn concerned about titles and names? Like, everybody wants uh, every single thing. Well, I just it, – does it – I have an feels answer like, for that. That feels – it feels weaker to me though. I don't care it what is. you call me because I want to. I want to be confident in who I am. Yeah. Like, you're why right about would I that. give you credit about what you could or couldn't call me or something? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't even feel like I like I don't want to give my dad credit for calling me a liberal and like <laughs> when I started to get like I started to get offended I was like why would I be offended my dad's just trying to do whatever he's trying to do and this means nothing to me or if it does and that's all about me and not my dad yeah right if, if I if I lose my shit on my dad calling me a liberal yeah. or or whatever I think that would be like I'm I'm something's wrong with me like I, I I'm really self-absorbed or something yeah, I don't know I,
0: th- I think so too I man I gotta answer for why I think people okay. are more into those labels here or I'm gonna give you two choices. But before I do that, I'm going to talk, tell you about a sponsor we got that I love. All right. I want to talk to you guys for a second about sleep. Now, I heard a Joe Rogan episode a while back where he had a sleep specialist on there, and it seems like a really big deal. And it's the, the research keeps coming in, and it seems that sleep is... We never put enough value on it. It seems to be more important than we ever give it credit for. We need eight hours of sleep that that's really the bottom line they say they've got these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins that show chronic sleep deprivation is shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease. So, you know, it's a big deal, sleep. Now, what's the, one of the biggest problems when you sleep? Well, for a lot of people, me included, it's temperature. It's tough to get to sleep if you're too hot or too cold or wake up sweaty. I have that problem. It's embarrassing, but it's true. So I want to tell you about the Pod by 8Sleep. The Pod by 8Sleep is a high-tech bed. It's designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness, and it was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. Now, here's what's cool about it. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It, they take it pretty seriously. It learns your sleep habits, and it adjusts the temperature for you automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, but your partner likes the bed warm, you can have that at the same time, which is great. It's a crazy comfortable bed. You can sleep longer and deeper so you wake up feeling refreshed and, you know, ready to take on the world. Here's what's great, too. You can try the pod for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, they'll refund your money and they'll arrange for a free pickup. They already sold out of their first batch and they're the one the new orders are going fast now. So for a limited time you can get $150 off your purchase when you go to eight sleep.com slash bad Christian. That's E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash bad Christian. All right. com slash bad Christian. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys two reasons why I think the world is kind of chaotic here. You tell me which one is is right. I've got two thoughts that, that came to me i'm not sure which of these is the more dominant factor but basically i think all this is like we're in a post-truth time and so i think people are clinging to labels as a way to just be anchored and tethered does that make yeah. sense i'll yeah. tell you why i yeah. think that in a second but i mean at least like you sense. know you i mean what are, there's so many things right. that we don't know anymore we right. used we felt like we used to know a lot of things and now we know everybody feels like everything's uncertain and everybody's scared and when people are scared, you know so these are the so labels people are trying to gravitate to label other people more than they are trying to receive a label most people aren't trying to have the label if you notice is to label the other is really the main thing that's going on um and it's what do you mean there what do you mean to label the other sorry i I need to know who is those uh social justice warriors them like i'm not nobody wants to be labeled as a thing everybody thinks oh i'm an independent i do this or i'm some of both or i'm in between you know nobody says oh i'm a hype uh i'm extreme left that's me nobody says that even people that are that don't right 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 wingers like to talk about how they're not right wing or something or what sure sure i'm socially liberal whatever it is people like to resist it but the labeling comes from the fear and the fear comes from the post-truth Untetheredness that we're experiencing. And I think that that is really the, the big problem is like what is true, what's real, the news, this, the politics, all this stuff. And I think there's two things that that may have caused it. If you, when you zoom out of the long tail of history, it's starting to emerge. I'm, I'm sure people talk about this, but I was just thinking about it the other day because uh, we wrote a song that was uh, for the new Emory P that's about 9 11 and the day we left and what happened on 9 yeah. 11. I've been thinking that that thing. It, of course, it, the world changed the next day, but it didn't really change uh, it, anything operationally. It just changed the way people felt. But everybody still, at, you know, everything was still the same. It's just people felt different. And now everything is different, and people feel different. And I kind of think when you zoom out, you'll see nine eleven as this huge historical event yeah. that pretty much maybe put us where we are today. I think there's Normal. a real connection there like it was this extreme thing that terrified everybody for the first time on American soil and then we had to Super we sure. kicked into the government into some new gear where it was way more important than it was the day before and yeah. uh people didn't you know the fear and what we can trust was like eroded somehow so if you look at those attacks you go oh man they killed a few thousand people man they're just I hate to give them credit but that's like one of the best attacks ever the terrorism of that is just I really feel like, as like a ripple how, effect, how,
2: yeah, the ripple effect of it, yeah, is just, like yeah, it, it is kicked
0: in the world in the state changing of this, and people to oppose the government, and then more people to depend on the government, and it's caused foreign wars that we involved in, yeah. and then it started to have mistrust, and then is the Islam a problem, and now we're divided over that border security, this is the biggest issue today, that's. Isn't that a big part of it? Like
2: went to a war in a yeah. country. And Do you know what I mean? Not, like, it, you know, yeah, and and the whole border thing's about
0: Muslims yeah. anyway, isn't it? Brown people and Muslims. We don't want them here. Or whatever. Like, and that's the biggest issue that Trump's capitalizing on. I mean, you know, right. it, it, you know this that's super connected. And I think it, it might just, have
2: even led us to elect Trump. Like it yeah, got us know. to that. Oh, like, yeah, that wouldn't sure. have happened without 9 11. I agree. Maybe. So
0: I'm saying if you yep. look at Bin Laden's Crazy. attempt there, it's just like whoa. Like I don't know if he was a, that much of a genius or just was thinking I'll kill as many people as I can that day. But I, I think it's just it's, – it's sad to admit it, but I think what an effective attack that has been is the way I'm looking yeah. at that. You know what I mean? So that's one. And I think the ultimate result, result of it being people are un, less tethered to what is true and real and know right. things in an absolute way. So you're in this postmodern thing. Like you can call anything this. Is this a construct? Now, so I think that's a big problem do you believe in absolute truth or whatever maybe nobody does anymore and people are insecure about it the other significant thing and you tell me which of these 911 or this one um do you think was the real moment where everything changed but the other one is <clears throat> you know when people who have off work on like tuesday and wednesday those are their days off yeah when those motherfuckers started saying that monday was their friday that's yeah. i think that's the that's pretty much when we lost it all what <laughs> You know that thing where people go, oh, "This is my Friday." No, it's not. It's Monday. That that personal truth, when that's your truth, and it is your Friday. I hate that so bad. That, nothing drives me crazier than that. And I think that started. When was that? Probably two thousand four or five. When you started noticing people doing yeah. bullshit like that, like it's my birthday all I, week. I said and that when I worked my at church. I said that when I worked
2: at church. Thursday yeah. was my Friday. Yeah. Well, we I think I, I pin I pinned that
0: as the other thing. Like once people started doing that, they they lost they just untethered from reality right there and started to have live their personal truth. And I yeah. think that that is, is one of those two that I think is w- where you would flag the predicament that we're in today. Well, so which I, of those do you think is more significant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know the fri- the fr-
2: I thought you were on a, a, making some unbelievable points about 9-11, but that Friday bullshit really did probably really change the world. It really pissed me off. It's like
0: you know, people started saying, it became in the lexicon to say, brown is the new black or Thursday is the new Friday. No, no. That's where we lost it. In my opinion, that's that. Stop it with this, with the nonsense there. So e- e- either one of those, maybe it's both. I don't know. I think yeah, those two actually, have fed I, each I
2: other. think it infiltrated. I know this sounds funny. Okay. I think it started infiltrating when people realized, oh, wait a minute. We'll make holidays. And those holidays aren't any different than any other days, but we just arbitrarily picked some or mm-hmm. whatever. Like Jesus was born in July, but we celebrate it here or whatever. Yep. And th- like uh, I read where the, I think the De Beers company came up with the idea of the wedding ring and that it was important and the circle around this finger meant, and everybody mm-hmm. goes, oh, you got to have a wedding ring. And like it was all. All that became like, oh, wait a minute, this day is special, and I have to treat people this way or whatever, and it's just all got murky. But anyway, all these thoughts, Matt, I think come because you smoke too much weed. And we have a great guest That's today, right. <laughs> a couple of great guests who want to talk about uh, some marijuana, I think. So this will be really good. We got Craig and Jeanette Gross uh, from Triple X Church, and now let's see what they're getting into now.
1: Yeah, but they, first...
0: Um, yeah, hang on a second. Set that up just a little bit more because the interview started rocky, and I'm not sure what Reva's going to cut. So, could you tell even a little bit more? Can you set it up even more in detail, or you want me to? That what they do? They have a Christian cannabis company. Craig, how oh, sure. to think. yeah. Like, can you give an overview so people aren't no. saying, "But what's the?" Because we didn't get into no. how they got to it, and that never was covered good. So, if you could summarize how Craig got into no. weed before, it okay. would, I think it'll help a lot. Uh,
2: all right, Matt, you, your weed use has been well documented, but we have some great guests on today, Craig and Jeanette Gross. And Craig, I was talking to him on the phone. This has been about a month or so ago. And he says, hey, listen, I'd like to come back on the podcast and talk about m- marijuana and how I'm going to start selling it. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were just doing sex stuff. Now you're marijuana too. What in the world are you going to do? Craig has had kind of like a life-changing uh, experience, and he's been talking about it on his podcast, uh Craig's brain and he talked. And so basically he's been talking about it for a while in private. And now he's bringing it public and even going so far as to selling cannabis,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in California. So I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about this and, uh, how they, a little bit about how they got into it, but also, uh, what it's like. All right. I love big berries and I cannot lie. <laughs> That's true. Especially Sherry's berries. My God, the things are big. And delicious, and I don't use this word hardly ever, succulent. Good Lord. The strawberries are just so fresh and so juicy. And then that chocolate they use is just amazing. Uh Some of y'all might have saw, I, I posted a picture in my box that I got last week, and I just was so happy. Like, I just would smile as I was eating the berries and just it's just so good and I don't want to keep all the fun to myself but so that's why I'm going to send some to my mom for Mother's Day and you should too uh Sherry's Berries has actually a special Mother's Day uh berries designed just for mom and they're topped with chocolate chips pink shimmer sugar and swizzles good lord that sounds good Uh, um the gourmet goodies for your mom why would you miss out this opportunity it's a fun gift Trust me, everybody in the world, once you get one of these in your mouth, uh, that's all I need to say. So don't wait until the last minute on this one. Visit berries.com to order freshly dipped strawberries starting at only $19.99 for mom uh, and for yourself even. To make mom really happy, you can double the berries for just $10 more. Mother's Day is Sunday, May 12th, so visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter our code BADCHRISTIAN. That's berries.com. Click the microphone, code BADCHRISTIAN. You will not regret it. Good God, these things are good.
0: Craig and Jeanette, thank you for joining us back on the podcast. had not seen you guys in a little while.
3: It's been a long time. It has been always fun though. Uh, time a lot of people don't know that, I
2: was, I was gonna, Yeah, I know it really did. I was gonna say a lot of people don't know this, but like you were one of the very early adopter supporters, uh, Triple X Church of the Bad Christian Podcast. Like, I really do think without your help and support and a little bit of guidance you even gave us, uh, things would have been way different. Uh, I mean, I, re- I really do believe that. Like you guys supported us and didn't ever uh Uh, you know, sometimes people are worried, like when you support financially that you're telling us what to do behind the scenes and you never did. And so I I do appreciate that. I always thought of you as a friend to our podcast for sure. And uh, you gave us money. So that's really awesome.
4: Yeah, and your <laughs> listeners were probably so sick of it. It's like their only supporter is, like, sure, there's all the ads I hear.
3: I know, we started, now it's like, damn, another ad. I know.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is true, though, Craig. You were one of the first people that noticed what we were doing and noticed that it was different or had a place or, or kind of validated it in a way because— I think when we started, we thought, this is funny, but when we started, I thought, okay, well, we'll develop something and maybe we'll get some nonprofit support or big donors or we'll do some public speaking or, you know, one of those things, you know, just like a standard kind of thing. And that still has never even come close to happening. We've never had one. I mean, we have people that support at different levels, but we don't have anybody who's like a donor, like in some way like that and um and we've never been asked to sp- no none of us have ever been asked to speak <laughs> at anything in any way ever <laughs> and you helped help me w- uh, walk through some of that and think about the design of the of what we were doing in our organization all that and you you know you notice really quickly what we're doing i really appreciate that so you've been yeah. in you've been doing alternative stuff for a long time is that kind of the way you've always seen yourself as somebody operating off out of the side of the grid of of the normal system or what
3: yeah, I think I wrote about this yesterday because I think, um, you know, at some point I, I understand why a lot of people lose the title, you know, Christian. I've heard, you know, obviously you guys talk about that as well on many of the guests that you come on. And I just go, I think there's still hope, you know, if we can be innovative, if we can change, if we can do stuff, you know, that's not just there's a little maybe left of center. If we can have different opinions and views, um, it doesn't mean that, hey, we, we have to abandon what gosh i mean i've been calling myself a christian since seven years old so when things come out like i never get threatened by oh my gosh why is it called bad christian like it's called triple x church it's called christian cannabis like it's called bad christian like you know and it's just you guys said something at a time where it was like oh this is important and yeah we wanted to get behind it um I mean, Jeanette's, I think, your oldest female fan, so <laughs> <laughs> like, she'd be listening. i give her a hard time because I was like, dude, those, and then when we showed up at your house, I mean, it was, Jeanette, I, we've talked about this, a little super fan. Yeah, she, a little,
4: little super fan.
3: I don't know why it resonated with you, with these guys.
4: Um, I think, yeah, it's just a different perspective. Um, that's why I think the stuff that we're here to talk about today is, um, you guys just resonate because you like to bring people on and just have dialogue. It's like, Hey, I'm not going to really like tell the listening audience what to believe. I just want to have a conversation. I'm not scared of topics. Like I haven't been a Christian my whole entire life. I came into the faith, um, at like 19. So, um, I, I just, I enjoy it because it brings about a conversation. It makes me think and makes me Go to the word. Oh, you know, the first time the reason I started listening, you guys remember the last time I was on is because I had that um, skeleton fall on my face at yoga. (laughs) And I had to sit in my bed forever. And I was like, I can't watch TV. I'm just laying here. And then I was like, you know, Craig always talks about this. Uh, I know Triple X Church supports it. So I'm going to go listen, and it was like, couldn't stop after that. So,
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. I think that the thing that we have in common there is just not being afraid of change. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm the bravest person in the world, but I mean, it just seems like with orthodoxy and church and systems and institutions and just general conservative attitudes or overly conservative attitudes about things, everybody's afraid to change or of new things. So when you have a way of doing things, it's just we're going to fight against it. Almost without thinking about it or even realizing we're doing it, we're going to resist change entirely. But there's, you know, it's not to be provocative to use a different name or use different language or talk about taboo topics. That's on purpose because otherwise there's a big bias against change and uh, progress as things go on. Christianity is one of the worst Worst organizations about that. So I think it's important to, to do that. So let's do, Let's just jump into a taboo today. Let's talk about Christian cannabis. Is there such a thing as Christian cannabis? Is it its own strain? Or do, can Christians just use regular cannabis now?
3: I think, uh, I mean, you guys are in Christian music, and that's the only right. form of music. Yeah. That I had to burn my tape cassettes, and I believe if I liked ACDC, I could listen to White Cross. I mean, that's, that's right. the... Uh, which White Cross did stay at my house uh, in seventh grade? Uh, for anyone that <laughs> wants to go really back to like Heaven's Medals. Oh, big name uh, dropper. Uh. Yeah, White Cross. <laughs> but uh, I had to get rid of like twenty tape cassettes, and now I can only <laughs> listen to White Cross and Petra. But um, I, I think that's what's fun. Like the name Christian Cannabis. Like, does Christian Cannabis exist? No, there's no such thing. Um, Like I'm trying to have a conversation inside the church and you can't, gosh, you, you got to watch your words. Like it just made the most sense. You know, the domain I saw available for an auction and I was like, gosh, there's a lot you could do with that. Um, It was never about Christian weed. My first thought was how do I do something even like kind of what you guys are doing, whether it's a podcast or a platform for videos with Christian leaders and smarter people, um, on the topic of, of cannabis that we could hold some conversations about. Um, but some of my friends are like, Hey, I love everything you're doing except for the name. And then other people hear the name. And I feel like it's the same reaction. Not that you guys have, have experienced this probably when you walk into adult bookstore and there's a Jesus loves porn star Bible. If you're there looking at porn and you're like, wait, there's Bibles. I got to get that from my religious friend. That same thought, if you've been to weed stores, especially in California, they don't look like – they look more like iMac you know, or Mac stores today than anything, some of these super innovative stores, but a lot of the branding and logos and stuff that you find with weed is still very – you know, Green Crack and Alien OG and bongs and just stuff that like, oh, well, this – like the first time I ever walked into a weed shop in 2013 – I was that idiot that was like, I just watched it on CNN. Like, do you have anything (laughs) that could help me? And the lady's like, I just have top shelf. And I was like, what's that? And she says, like, it just gets you effing high. And I was like, oh, that's not what they were giving to that three-year-old on CNN. Um, And so the, the thought was like, to help Christians navigate something, like, let's just call it what it is. Um, pretty straightforward, and that's also a rub of people going, why do you put the name Christian in front of mm-hmm. this product? And
0: to start a conversation, just right? A conversation. Just to get it. it. Now and we're going to talk get- about it in that way. I like that.
1: All right, real quick, I want to tell you about Pro Flowers. I uh, First of all, I get it. I get it. Mothers, we cannot do anything without you. We can't exist without you, and most of us would not be where we are without you. And... We want to appreciate you. A great way to do that, folks, is through Pro Flowers. Now, I'm telling you, I just received Pro Flowers in the mail for my wife, and I cannot believe the the packaging, including a vase, including very well-conditioned flowers that had been taken care of, that looked fresh, that were fresh, <clears throat> that had stuff to keep them fresh. It was just... A beautiful process opening the box, presenting them, and I, I just couldn't ask for a better experience. So, what about your mom? What about your wife? What about your sister, sister in law? Pro, uh, Pro Flowers lets you choose from a variety of bouquets and unique vases that suit every mom's style. Then you simply select the delivery date that you want, and Pro Flowers carefully packages your flowers and delivers them fresh from the farm, and I can say that from experience, personal experience, they are fresh indeed. Express delivery means her flowers will stay fresh. So right now, get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99. Double the roses and get a premium base for just $9.99 more. Visit proflowers.com, click the microphone in the upper right corner and enter code Christian. Two words, Bad Christian. That's proflowers.com, click the microphone, code bad christian. Mother's Day is May the 12th. Everybody said so don't wait. Order like a pro and get this amazing rose deal to thank all the moms in your life.
0: And I think what's real cool is you're already moving and we're this conversation is great. You're already moving past the is it okay thing all we're saying is we're okay we're talking about it we're in the weed store we're making it we're doing it here we go uh this is th- the fact that this conversation is so delinquent is absurd in my opinion it is yeah, absurd I how delinquent agree. we are to even address this thing is similar to <laughs> I mean, just you name the taboo stigmatized topic, let's not talk about it, let's not talk about it, which means everybody's doing it and hiding it, and this is where we (laughs) are, so this is the place to to advance that a little bit. It's just like the shame
4: around it of just people trying to hide it, and I'm finding just over the last week since this launch that they're just so stuck back on like, uh, uh, no, it's not good, I misused it, then I started doing, um, you know, these really hardcore drugs, and I was a drug addict, and I was like, hey, that's your experience, from when it was like not even packaged correctly and you're just doing what you thought, taking as much as you thought there, there, it's such a different conversation and like the whole culture is changing, but I I feel sort of bad for those people. It makes me go, Oh, like I feel bad for you because I, I feel like you had such a bad experience that I, I wish that you could get to that point where you could use it, you know, for your migraines or like just different things that I've heard from people of like, I was offered it for my migraines, but like, I can't do that. And it's like, wow, like, I feel bad for you.
3: Um, And there's a whole even, I mean, Jeanette brought home a Time magazine. art. Like, I thought it was just an article, um, but it's just, it's a whole magazine. And so she's been reading, you know, one article a night. And I was like, wait, this whole magazine's on the newsstands all about, you know, the medical benefits. It's a whole Time magazine. And I was like, I was talking to Vice magazine yesterday. And they're like, you mean to tell me, because... I thought they're just going to instantly kill me, you know, obviously. And then I said, Hey, before I do this interview with you, do you even understand the Christian evangelical movement? And he's like, no. I was like, all right, let me back way up because otherwise what I'm going to, I'm going to sound like the biggest idiot around that unless you know, there's a population of people that are still torn, um, to even open up this conversation. Like they're, there's shame, there's, there's guilt, there's fear mm-hmm. of losing their job. I mean, you know how many people I've brought have come to visit us and visited a weed shop in our town because they're like, oh, if I ever did this, and then they stop. If I ever did this in my town, what? What would happen? And that's where I get kind of pissed. I'm like, would your church fire you? No, I don't know if they'd fire me, but what would they think? And I had a pastor friend of mine literally buy a bag of gummies and a bath bomb. And she drove 40 minutes to come to our town. And I was like, why are you so scared? And it's like, what gets me is your church doesn't even they have a no drinking policy in public, but you can drink all you want um, at home. But they've not yet addressed this. And so for me, starting this, I get it. Like going first on this, you're going to you're going to have the most pushback. And I don't always like going first. But in the Christian space, people oh, Craig, you're so innovative. No, I'm not. Like, not really. Dude Triple X Church I was late. Like porn came out way before two thousand two yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just like, oh you're so innovative. Like no. Like guys, no, porn You're on so behind.
0: It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean it's. Yeah. what I'm saying, it's very delinquent conversations yes. here where the church keeps everything, hey, do we anybody got a stigma? Let's hang on to that as long as possible. And it's, everybody is afraid <laughs> to go first, but I think we're in an accelerated time, which I'm going to celebrate yeah. and feel like part of the people that have been more progressive in all, all these areas have made more progress. And I think with the way things are politically now, people are just more open to whatever. I mean, I think it's going to go faster. We saw gay marriage go quickly. You know, those things, it's like, yeah. okay, we're, we're going to move on faster now hopefully. I kind of hope that. So I I I thought you'd get more pushback when you came out with this because you've been talking about it for months before you went public with it. And I was Mm. like, okay. But it seems like it's been uh, smoother than you would think. Like it's less, people are more accepting. It's just like, okay, finally, Mm. somebody's going first. That's the way I feel about it. it.
4: In some ways, yes. It's been a lot of like, hey, finally, finally, because this is a conversation, right? And then there's that whole other side of, friends that are like one of them actually asked Craig if, if he was having a midlife crisis. I uh-huh. mean, f- for real, Craig, I'm well, being completely honest. Are you having a midlife crisis? And he apparently and he said, I haven't read any of this stuff leading up to this that you've been putting out. So like for him, it was completely like out of left field when we all know we had friends that would call and be like, I know something's going on here. I know like this is leading up to something and I can't wait to see what it is. So there was people that are like tuned in and kind of could feel that it was something was shifting and something was going to happen. Pushback, I feel, is coming from good friends and then realizing, like I said, their experience was really bad. Mm-hmm. And so they're just have straight up said, I think what you're doing is crazy. Oh, straight. Those words. Yeah, you cra- this is like- crazy and I don't think you should do it. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: and like, I mean, I've been told I got to, I can't be a pastor anymore. I've been told, um, yeah, you're leading people obviously astray, but my, my hunch, and I think you're right, Matt, like when I, you don't know until you launch. And I was like, what about if there's no smoke? You know, like literally <laughs> like if nobody comes up, like, like one of the first outlets that called me said, Hey, who's against you? And I was like, All right, That's going to be interesting. Like, okay. I'm sure Kirk Cameron is. Um, but like, he hasn't spoken up, but like, who else? Like, are the, these these big name pastors? And
0: no, I think what I've I learned is like- they're scared to tackle it. Yeah. And so like- we've been for the negative.
3: Yeah, we've been interviewed by the New York Times. And I, so just for context, the last 12 months as I've been working on this, I've sat at churches across the country, um, legal and illegal. And as I've sat at, with pastors, I mean, I've, I've been at some of the largest churches in America- and I've just said, hey, I'm just curious, like, what's your policy on weed? And I haven't been met with like, oh, my gosh, I've never talked about that because I'm so scared. That's what I thought I'd get. I get the, oh, my gosh, the gay, the LGBT issue, the this, the church. We've got so many things. I don't even know. Like, I haven't even thought about weed yet. And I was <laughs> like, well, it's legal in Michigan now. It's legal in like CBD's popping up yeah. all over your town. Like we're like you're seeing this. And I was even in L.A. at the church. Uh, we go to, which you can read all about on all the newspapers and all the celebrities that go there. And I said to one of the pastors, like, it's two miles away. What would happen if we go today? And he goes, I don't know. And I go, well, what happens after church when someone says, hey, pastor, like, I've been getting help with weed, but I feel bad because so should I feel bad? And you just stare at them and go, I don't know. Like, And I go, we, we gotta be smarter than that. Like I had one pastor go, well, can you eat one brownie without eating a second? And it's like, (laughs) uh, and then another pastor say, Craig, why don't you just do this? You've done it before and you make it easier. So when we walk through it in a few years, it's not as hard. Mm -hmm. And that's the point where like that last meeting I met with the last pastor, I finally said to Jeanette, like, I gotta just do this. Like, and one of my buddies like, wait a year, Craig. Yeah. Another freaking year. Yeah, Let's just like,
0: wait longer. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and so, but what was sad though, is like, so Jonathan Merritt, who's writing the the piece for the New York times, he said, Craig, can you give me the names of any of these pastors? And I said, yeah. And then he just wanted a quote like, Hey, Craig's the guy to do it. Or Craig's done it before. and And nobody wanted to put their name in the article because mm-hmm. the moment you just make a statement, like, I'm glad Craig's doing that. You have a bigger audience, and you're a bigger pastor, and now you're going to feel. And so, literally, everybody's anonymous. And I was like, that doesn't help. Like, I've got a pastor that's saying my wife's depressed, you know, is off depression medicine because of this, but I can't tell anyone. So we're leading our churches and our congregations out of hopefully a place of authenticity, but we can't talk about the things. And this is like, oh, this is just like what I've done with porn, like. When we shame something and we don't talk about it and we make it a bigger deal than it is, like we, we just stay stuck in those, those old conversations. So to me, the thing I didn't think of, like what would hurt the most is like, what happens when that one church supporter that you have doesn't even call you and ask you about it, but throws you under the bus to their congregation on Sunday morning and actually said, we have a ministry partner who is now selling drugs. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I'm a drug dealer is what they're saying. And then so arrogant and cocky. He says a former ministry partner. And I texted him later and I was just like, dude, I've helped in so many ways at your church. Like I was just like, we've done so many great things. They've allowed me to do so many things at that church that no other church in America has. Oh, Craig, you want to do a marriage conference? You want to do this? You want to do that? And the moment I do push up against this, I was getting upset and Jeanette's a little more rational than I am or helping me come into a different awareness. His son has a horrible, terrific drug story. And so this is a deeply personal thing for him, way beyond marijuana. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're a recovery church and I get it. And he's like, we can have nothing to do with this. And here's the problem with that. And this is why I called him. Like you're speaking on your experience and you're now have the microphone for your whole congregation. That's thousands. And you've just said where you stand without ever talking to one staff member or talking to me or even bringing me in to say, hey, why doesn't Craig, a ministry partner, come talk to us? You just shut it down. And that state of that church that's in, it's legal medicinally. So anyone using it now is leaving. They know where the pastor stands. Mm -hmm. And we just wrote. We wrote that guy off that's been on our church more than anybody. Yep. That quickly. That's outright. the same
0: as the, as the people that they, they say, we accept all people. We're accepting of you. You come as you are. And then gay people are in their church for a long time but still quiet about it. And then they say, oh, by the way, you, gay people can't move up here or get, become members or whatever. And you're like, oh, I've already been here for this long. And I thought it was going to be okay, but I was timid. Now I understand that I should have never been here the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'll never come out now or I got to just mm-hmm. leave. Like it's the same mm-hmm. thing. like They thought they were in a place that was open and to what they – to you know, somebody medicinally using that, or a gay person yeah. to find out. Oh, I've been in this place hiding, and I, in fact, I need to hide more or leave. That's the message. It, yeah, it kills, it kills me medicine. because
2: what you're saying here, like it, it it's just it, it's showing more and more that the church, instead of the gospel, is is an agenda-driven uh, organization, mm. political. Like it's really yeah, frustrating. Yeah, like yeah. that guy, like it really bothers me because I'm the same age as you, Craig, and uh, it, it bothers me. Your friend. He goes, you're having a midlife crisis because the only way for him to see marijuana would be through something horrific and terrible and awful. So you must be in really bad shape as opposed to and, and that's a that's a, a that's a that's from a standpoint, I believe, of weakness and ignorance, because if he really did care and if he if he was really concerned, he'd go, well, let me find out all I can about this instead of imposing what I think this is. So he yeah. tells so people tell you what Project. they think yeah. you are. But, but, but that's all about him. Like the only way he could even Mm -hmm. process marijuana is through a midlife crisis, and that guy Mm -hmm. that even told you that or whatever might might actually be in some real trouble, and it's proving his hiddenness and all of this stuff. It's it's really frustrating because what we're what okay what you guys said at the beginning is just it just rings so true to me. You're just trying to have a conversation, and there's no chance on earth you're saying everybody should do weed. That's never that that thought (laughs) has never crossed your mind, and it's been a super long process for you to get to even where you're at now. And you're just trying to say, "Hey, look at what I did. Take it or leave it, or whatever." But I at least want to have a conversation. There's the value. When, yeah. when people are so scared, you're right. When you just shut it down and say, "Hey, well, this is this, and this this is black and white," then you all you can do is alienate people. And really, I believe is is it about a personal agenda way more than the gospel. It's really yeah. really. It, it It only breeds ignorance and stupidity to me it 's one of the reasons yeah. why i can't I cannot trust the church anymore because I cannot allow my kids to be forced not to have conversations. They have yeah. to have conversations and thoughts to get – the only way you got to where you're at is by having real thoughts and how and, and real education. The reason those mm-hmm. people – like, I've talked to so many people like, yo, I did weed one time. I ate one brownie and nothing happened, so I ate four more, and it was the worst day of my <laughs> life. Like,
0: yeah, of course, <laughs> moron. Nobody,
2: when you have zero education, you don't do enough or you do way too much. When you or, have education, yeah. you might happen to do the right amount and really learn from it and have a great experience. But at least, tr- <laughs> you know, some real education might help. Yeah. Why in the world would you say, uh, uh, Jess and I uh, both were told, no weed, no alcohol, no nothing, stay away from it, totally bad, totally bad, totally bad. Of course I did it. I did it all I could because <laughs> the people that were doing it seemed kind of nice. And when I did it, even if I did too much or whatever, they're like, yeah, you did too much, man, be careful. Like they were, They were like concerned or something, not condemning. And that that that's what really is, and I was wondering, has it been, has there been anything that has been, like, really hurtful from kind of coming out of the closet with this and talking about marijuana yeah. use as a Christian? Like, it, did anything pierce your heart a little bit more than you thought it would?
0: Well, first of all, you guys, yeah. Jeanette and Craig, are cannabis users now. Can you tell us how you got into it?
3: Yeah. Um, so 2013, probably the worst year of my life. Uh, losing my dad, getting health problems, uh, headaches. I didn't know. Like, I've been... A guy who's been in my head his whole life. I think that's how I've operated. That's how I've just kind of run fast. And so, oh, am I not dealing with grief? But my dad and I had an amazing seven years together at the end of his life. And I've watched my mom and my sister grieve and have a lot of different experiences than I do after my dad because my dad and I were at peace with each other. But then I'm in my mind like, I had a pastor go, I think you need to see, you know, you need to get on. Uh, antidepressants antidepressants and so I literally and Jeanette was there like I went and saw specialists like am I having seizures am I somebody said maybe you have a doctor said maybe you have MS maybe you have this and then Jeanette got stage four endometriosis had crazy ovarian you know cyst surgery so it was like everything kind of came at us and then here's me I just work I just run faster I just do more and I was like oh my gosh like I've got to do something else and um, my friend Dave, Dave Zosti, uh, he's in the band PAX 217 so we go way back to like I've met him booking him for a Christian event his kids are over at the house one day I'm going through all this stuff and we turn on the CNN Weeds documentary and I remember us all crying watching it Saturday night and we watched part two Sunday morning and Jeanette then said in this line Dave and I joke about forever 2013 his kids are young my kids are young we're at the house in Pasadena and Jeanette goes, why don't you guys go get your weed cards and I'll watch the kids and we'll skip church. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I love Jeanette. <laughs> and so we set out in 2013, we go to LA and I go, I was like, get on Yelp or weed maps or one of those, like, and not even Yelp at the time is weed maps. And I was like, I found a doctor. Sweet. We made an appointment, $40. I met with a doctor via Skype and a shady building that looked like you know I was getting a massage at, or something you know it just looks super ghetto our for my first medical marijuana card has the name David Tosti on it and my picture the doctor they didn't even do our cards right (laughs) and then I said where do I buy weed and they're like we can't tell you literally I was like well and I was like this is dumb well by law we can't recommend it but I was like this is stupid so she's like look for the green door three three streets up on the right I was like, look for the green door. All right. So we go to the green door. We give him our cards and he goes, you're not David Tosti." And I was like, oh, you're right. I'm Craig Gross. So I go back to the doctor and I was like, dude, you idiot. Like we, we got our wrong names on these cards and they're good for a year. So we go back to the shop and that's where that is Russian girls at the counter. And she's just like, I'll just get you high. And so I was like, is there another store that would have some medicinal benefits? I don't know. There's one up the road. So we went to the second shop. They're like, well, this has, I remember, and if you smoke or do this, you would understand, the highest amount of CBD I could find in 2013 was something with 14% THC and 2% CBD. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. And then I tried some edibles and some different things. And I bring home all this stuff. Our kids you know, are outside playing. And Jeanette's like, what do we have here? And I was like, I have absolutely no idea what we have and what it's going to do. <laughs> and then we took something that, I don't know if you're willing to even share about that.
4: Oh, the chocolate episode? Yeah,
3: for a <laughs> week.
4: Yeah. Oh, when, uh, you know, you have a chocolate bar and he breaks off a whole piece of chocolate. Right. Who Who knows how many milligrams of anything that contains? I eat it and I'm laying on the couch. I'm like between, like, I'm going to run to the bathroom and vomit, but I can't even get up to do that. My mind did not come down. Like I felt like I was high for like oh seven gosh. days, and I was like, "My mind is never going to be the same ever again." And I was going <laughs> on a like trip. This forever. Yeah, really, I was going on a she trip on an table. airplane, she and is. I was like, "I am I gonna?" I'm meeting with a friend. Is she gonna know I'm high? Like I was like, I was still high on the airplane when I was going. And I'm like, but Jeanette paranoid. said to me at that point, "Hey, I never
3: need to do it again." Yeah. So there's another shop open in Burbank, and I'd went and I'd found something that the guy had said, "Hey, this will help you." And I remember sitting with one of my, like with a donor for the ministry that I run. And all of a sudden I was like, you know how like an edible kicks in whenever it wants to. I'm in the middle of a donor meeting and I just now went just gone. And I was like, what do I do? And I was like, dude, I got to lie down. I remember going in the car, calling my friend Dave. And I was like, dude, I am in my car, high out of my mind. I don't know what to do. He's like, you can drive, just go slow. I was like, no, I'm getting an Uber. I end up Ubering home. Jeanette's like, what's going on? It's three o'clock on a Monday. My husband's so high and he didn't even know he was getting high. And I was like, we got to get my car later, but I got to lie down. And so I was like, I don't know. I, I never wanted to smoke something. And there wasn't the, the products that there are today. And so when this became legalized in 2017 for recreational, There's new stores that started to open. And that's when I went in. And today in 2019, I don't care what store you go in. Well, maybe for some of you, you won't get as helpful. But in California, I can point you to several stores that you go in. You're going to be met with excitement. You're going to be met with knowledge. You're going to be met with somebody that goes, hey, Maria, what are you looking for? And you're not having to guess. And that's where I go. In 2017, I found these mints that were five milligrams. It was that first time where I realized like my mind never stops. Like I don't have ADHD. I don't have, you know, this or that or all I'm, I haven't been diagnosed with anything like that. Other than I know when I pray, I start thinking about a to-do list. I start thinking about what I need to do. And gosh, can I just sit? And can I just be instead of just mm-hmm. do? Yeah. And I think to answer your question about the hardest thing that's happened is I have some really good friends. I've released a, a podcast called Craig Brain. And, um, I really felt from the Lord in December, I've been working on a lot of other people's stuff. And I felt the Lord saying, Hey, it's time to share these things. And a lot of those have been journal entries over the last two years of my use with cannabis. And I said, I'm going to roll it out. And so people are starting to listen. And so I'm on episode nine that came out this week, but on episode six, I had two friends and both the husband and the wife both called me and said, Craig, we've been listening. We want to talk more. This is some of the best stuff you've ever put out. And I said, hey, well, wait till week seven. And they're like, why? And this was on week six. And I go, because I mentioned weed. Because the first thing I ever said about spa day and me finding the Lord at a spa never would have happened without these mints. These mints aren't the Lord, but it put me in a different environment and a different headspace that I'd never been in. Mm-hmm. And it connected me with the Lord. And I said, I chose not to be honest. I was honest. I chose not to say that on episode one. Cause I thought no one will continue listening. Oh, yeah. Craig's just a druggie now. But it was for the hope of like my friends like that you've been watching, you've been listening. Now, can you be open to, Hey, you know what I talked about on, on this episode, this got me there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Nope, Nope, Craig. Like that's not my experience. Like at 20, I did this and like, man, this is awful. And I was like, man, if you're liking what you're hearing on one end, and I'm telling you my experience is different than your experience and there's a possibility that your abuse of drugs um, has hindered your even ability to see that somebody else can have a good experience at 43 years old. I'm not going through a midlife crisis. I'm going, I found something that's connected me with Jeanette it's connected me with the Lord, with my kids. with. And I'd say the biggest thing is like my heart and my head and I've gotten just out of my head and I've got proof that this stuff has been working in my life, but I can't talk about it. I can't share about it. And so I think the strangers that are coming to our life are awesome, but the new the friends that are closest to you that just they can't get over their experience and then they come after you really strong. Um, that's been like super hard, you know. Like yeah, but. I mean, you got to have tough skin at this point. So,
0: so you've been able to t- get the, the usage. The big point of that is it was kind of a horror show at first when you when you got ultra-baked <laughs> and didn't know what you're doing. But now that you actually know and people can talk about and you can talk about with friends, oh, 15 milligrams is this, five is this, this is the percentage of THC. With all that stuff now, you've found a pattern of use that really suits you. Could you tell us more about that? Is it something you use every day?
3: No. I mean, I think for me it's not. I There's a few products that that I – i enjoy you know these breeze mints uh a couple different edibles that i have found like these these gummies um there's a strain called girl scout cookie and um you can get that in a vape pen i don't like buying flour i mean i've got kids it smells and so there's a, a pax pen that i have that's um, feels like an inhaler and, and if, unless you're familiar with this you're like what's girl scout cookie once again why do i think we need christian cannabis because I want to label these products that are a little easier to understand. So you don't have to navigate. Oh, green crack is like something super creative in a high. Um, hey mom, just go buy green crack or alien OG at the drugstore. Oh, okay, Craig. Like I'll do that. Like yeah. we needed to kind of simplify that. So our thought was we didn't, we wanted people to have options. Um, so we weren't, so they don't fly blind like we did. And so I have very few products that I found like, Hey, I, Hey, those work. Uh, Girl Scout cookie for me is like for meditation, for kind of deeper thoughts. And then um, there's, yeah, I think there's a couple other strands that for me creatively, like, hey, I'll I'll get inspired to write. I'll get inspired to to do this. So it depends kind of like, yeah, what I'm looking for. But it's all intention. But I told Jeanette the other day, I I had one of the most profound experiences with the Lord the other day, no drugs involved. And Jeanette gets it it was seven 30 on a Monday night that I just went to our bed and I just sat with some headphones with intent um, to really kind of work through some things. And I ended up with a very visual experience, no drugs involved. And I say that to, and I told Jeanette, I didn't need them, but the practice of me slowing down to the point where Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go turn on TV, where I'm going to go. I was there for two and a half hours, just working things out uh, with the Lord and in my bed. And I'm like, I would never have been able to do that. I have a membership now to the spa, which you guys can make fun of me and go, oh, you know, what else? Spa, like, no, dude, I'll bring people to the spa and go, dude, you can't bring your phone in here. you got to just relax and sit. And it's amazing watching people like me that go, I don't know how to do this. Yep. I've learned to do that, so I don't need it every day, but we were at a concert this weekend. Like, I mean, you guys play music. You get it. There's a reason why this is in all the green rooms. Of course. Know?
0: Yeah, of course. Watching, I mean, I'm, I'm right with you that, on the... Yeah, I think the, it's super ben- – I mean, I'm a cannabis user too, but it's it's beneficial in that exact way. And this is what I don't think people understand. This is not that nuance of a point, really. It's It changes your mental state. Okay, get over it. So does coffee, does everything. Okay, alternate yeah. mental state, one that gives you a more outside view of who you are and the way you normally think. Some people get paranoid, but even that is a function of you actually seeing your own problems from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. An additional – alternate, secondary point of view that you get Mm -hmm. of your own self. It's still you, but you get a different view of yourself. And so... That people think, oh, you're just, yeah, it's crazy. It's all bait. You don't know what you're thinking about. <laughs> no. When, you, when you're back to normal, you still remember that feeling. You still remember the uh, insight that you had. You still remember. You, you you forget some of your goofy ideas, of course. I mean, you, some of it's pretty slippery, but you you retain the point of view. You're like, oh, I remember. Like, that did freak me out a little bit. Maybe I should pay more attention to that, or I see this differently, or oh, yeah. Like, it forces you to slow down and take things in and you can take that with you. And then you have two mental states from with which to work, which I use for music, for instance, like, you're right. It's really good with music. I can sit there and listen to a song. I hear it different now, tomorrow, when I'm sober, I'll go make the changes of the insight that I had listening back to the mix that I had the night before. I mean, it's just a
3: useful tool. And it tells you, it's like, what is the weed? Or what is the medicine trying to tell you? And I think we had an experience. One of my good friends brought his daughter to California. He wanted to try it. We were very, this was early. And so we didn't know what to give him. And same thing kind of happened. It wasn't a good experience. He saw my kitchen knives and his daughter was sleeping in her back house. And he's like, Craig, what about if I kill my daughter tonight? <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're not going to kill your daughter tonight. And he's like, I might kill. And Jeanette had already made a pizza. Like, I was like, Jeanette made pizza. Like, I mean, so we didn't have to order it and stumble through that. But it was like, you're going to be fine. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't." I'm, and then I was like, he sat there and it was the realization for the first time that I'm a paranoid person not hot
0: yes that's right, and right. that's, that's right. where it's like that's exactly just, right
3: that same guy years you know we joke about it i ended up blowing up an air mattress and sleeping in the back house with him and his daughter over like watching over them and then i didn't think about it smart enough to go in the morning when she wakes up, this is weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> had is Craig here? <laughs> we had a sleepover, you know? But I was like, because he thought he was going to murder you. Yeah. But he's now, like... But I, that I've came a, from him. That was already yes. there. Yes, but That like, worry of nonsense it. like yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. And so I would say, like, that same guy has had some incredible experiences with weed now. Um, and he's to the point where he's also done some serious work in his fear and paranoia and realizing that Mm -hmm. and that's the I love the word the ego dissolution and it doesn't happen all the time with marijuana but I think it can where you remove yourself and you're like oh perspective and Mm -hmm. people hear that wait no you're not high like it's not like a drunken stupor where you're like no I'm gonna work that stuff out tomorrow I'm gonna change Mm -hmm. like that's right I could have done that better and it's perspective it's intent and that same friend I went for and same thing as Jeanette Bad experience at first. Very good experiences now. And what do you want to use that for?
4: Yeah, it's all intention for me. Um, and the last thing, like, we, we were on your
3: show for Best Sex Life Now. Um, we talked about it. Uh, hey, we have this thing. Jeanette and I were filming Best Sex Life Now. I don't know when that was that. was like 14 or... And we stopped recording and Jeanette said to me, too bad we can't talk about weed in this. And then I got so pissed. I was like, why can't we? And she, it's like, oh, that would... Now Craig and Jeanette are saying, we could benefit your sex life. Hell yeah, it could benefit your, your inhibitions are gone. You're you're more comfortable in your own, like you're more free. And when you can experience that, not with some hooker, but, or an affair, but with your spouse, I've had sex with Jeanette a lot of times for 20 years now. And it was just the other night where I go, man, like, like I told her this, I wasn't completely high, but like I had had some marijuana and I said, hey Jeanette, there's a really hot chick at our apartment complex that i keep running into and it's like this is weird i and then she showed up on my instagram i i wouldn't even have that conversation with Jeanette before because it's like oh I, I i don't know like that's awkward but then i was like that sex we just had is emotional physical sp- we're firing on all those levels that there's no even desire like yeah she's hot or whatever but it's like she will net we'll never have what we have and that's where it's like i'm finally figuring that out sex is like When you slow down a bit it's not just the fizzle guy it's not like oh my penis tingles more that's why it's awesome like i'm like jeanette wasn't even using anything and i was like could you feel that was different tonight and she's like yeah it's like we're connected and here we are christians doing a series for to help people with sex in years ago where we're like oh too bad we can't tell them that and that's where i was Mm -hmm. like well why not why can't we talk about and just be honest like these are good experiences and there could be some bad ones but you no might doubt. be missing out on something that could help you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
3: the,
2: I think I, 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 everything y'all are saying, like I, I went when May, I guess when it became legal or whatever, and Matt started smoking weed, I was like, well, maybe I'll try it again. And uh, and I was like, yeah, but I always got paranoid. And I thought I was going to die and get murdered. Or so, you know, I thought those things, same things. And I realized marijuana isn't paranoid. I, Toby is. And I can remember we were, I think we were sitting on the bus when I started realizing this and I, uh, I had smoked. Uh, we had like a vape pen or something, and I was like, "What did Devin just mean by what he said? Does he think I'm being a jerk?" Or so? like, I was like, "What? Why did Devin say that that way?" And then, I, and then, because of the moment, because of the drug, I went, "Wait a minute, Toby. <laughs> this is almost like another Togo's. Why are you worried about this? Well, Devin is your friend, and you are putting these feelings or thoughts on Devin." But that's actually Toby thinking those thoughts of insecurity mm-hmm. or par- being paranoid that you might not be loved or that, you know, even even a close friend might think sh- you know, shitty of you or something like that. And it actually has helped me a lot. It, you know, I, I could smoke weed every single day if I wanted to. I just don't. I did, mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had weed in my house and just never even touched it. In fact... Uh, I got weed, uh, for a birthday a while back and I, I tried it one time and then it just, it sat in my garage for a year and I went out and it was like all brown and I was like, Oh, well, I guess, I guess you got to throw this (laughs) away. But I, I, the thing that is, is interesting for me is weed or even all drugs, maybe for the most part, unless it's medically prescribed by some doctor, uh, there's, there's this real danger and negativity attached to it if you smoke weed then this 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 and this or you are this 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 and this as opposed to like i'm even totally okay with even recreational like i I, at me at this point in my life i'm i'm okay with i'm not recommending it for anybody but i but for me personally like if you want to like you said uh if you're in a safe spot and you go hey listen uh you know i'm going to in Handle, I'm going to smoke some weed tonight or whatever, eat, a, eat an edible or something, and do it this, 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 and this. Then I think that as you're right as a person, and as long as that doesn't become something horrific, I the, i always say, oh, if you smoke weed and get high, then you are evil, bad, terrible. What if I just smoke weed and get high, and I'm just high, and I laugh a little bit, and I just enjoy the night, right? Like for me personally, I know that's not what y'all are saying. I, Matt probably agrees no. with me, mate, but I'm saying, I, I never. I, I don't even understand anymore. Like eat, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die or something. Like that. it feels like the Bible. Like I mean, how in the world did did Noah get off the ark and immediately realize? Hey, we got to have wine. Let me let me get some wine here and get drunk and wasted and, or whatever and do all that. Like the the thing they tell you is oh that he got drunk and wasted. I mean, of course he made a vineyard and there was so much celebration. The only thing we ever remember is the really shitty thing that happened. You know what I mean? The only, the, the worst possible thing that could have happened. That's what we remember and then we say that's the outcome every single time. As opposed mm-hmm. to wait a minute, what if you did marijuana and helped you think about yourself in a way that you haven't thought about and maybe it actually helped with some of those anxieties and fears and worries because that's really what it's done for me personally mm-hmm. uh, i just feel way more relaxed and, and there's never a time where i go uh, i feel like with anything and, and what we're talking about here probably is moderation but it's not it, if there ever comes a time where oh my gosh i have to have it have it or it, it overtakes my life okay let's have that conversation too but I think this conversation is what has to happen because if we don't have it, then there is no way. The same way, like your experience. I remember back in the day, uh, so we, you know, we, I'd spend my only $10 on a dime bag and smoke all of it and be blitzed out of my mind, insane, hating every minute of it, thinking I was going to die, You know, hearing my heartbeat and all this crazy stuff. And, then, and now I realize, wait a minute, if they were to just send somebody there that say, hey, you don't need to do the whole thing here. This is the <laughs> yeah. amount. And, let's, and this is what's going to happen. And let me explain this to you. I, I would have It would have actually been beneficial. The same yeah, way as mm-hmm. alcohol. I, I drank right. way too much alcohol right. because I had to hide it. I always mm-hmm. had to hide everything. Yeah,
0: I, I call that the tequila effect, and and, and um, I, I feel pretty confident about this. People love to explain how when they drink tequila, it really messes with them and they get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, okay, well, probably your blood alcohol is the... the only real factor that the tequila uh affects there like the tequila makes your blood alcohol level one you know point one two okay whatever it is that's the same as if it was wine or vodka or beer the difference is you only drink tequila when you go i'm feeling fucking crazy tonight that's right. mm-hmm. when you take tequila yeah. shots yeah. and then you take shots and then of course you have a wild night and then you say tequila makes me crazy mm-hmm. no it doesn't you chose to have really aggressive behavior and incorporate that's the only time you drink tequila
4: well yeah it's tequila. that whole is an intent thing and you yeah. know that's what you guys are are basically saying it's like even to recreationally do it and just to feel good and laugh a little and just be okay with that that's without knowing consciously that was your intent i'm right. taking this to just relax and get or rebel yeah. you know yeah. you know like to, or to yeah or hey i'm gonna i'm gonna do yeah i mean i think it's fun i know there's a lot of Right. people that have had bad experiences and they like to share that but
0: yeah those make great, that, those good stories good they term. get shared a lot when somebody has a yeah. crazy pair like i mean you guys yeah. shared your first stories here on the podcast were negative ones i mean they're they're easy yeah. and fun to share and they that certainly exists and people need to know that
3: the thing i, I hear a lot of pushback obviously the illegal legal conversation well i can't get over that that's a lot of the ones on the enneagram that are like i'm a three so i'm a rule breaker we were wrong on slavery. We've been wrong on this. Get over it. You know, so I can understand that. Right. But then like a big thing that I, I I didn't understand. And it's this challenge. Well, I don't want to lose control. Like I've read a lot of stuff on not just on this, but on other drugs where it's like, I think there's a spiritual obviously component in all of us. So for me, control has been something that I've not been aware that, oh, I'm a control. Like I have to be in control. I've flown my whole life now and I hate it. And so I had an experience with my, my daughter last month, we hit turbulence and I'm still the same Craig. That's like, my daughter's full of joy, like 13, just loves it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm scared again. And so I just sat through it instead of like trying to, and I, I've called over the flight attendant and I just said, I said, Hey, I'm wondering like, how long have you done this? And she goes, 36 years. I said, Hey, how do you do it? She goes, what do you mean do it? She's like, I, you know, I fly a lot. I still have a problem with flying. She goes, you know what? My husband's a pilot for 40 years. And what we've discovered is people don't have a problem with flying. They have a problem with control. And I was like, oh my gosh. So the one thing, so many of my friends are afraid of losing control because you're going to lose your mind and party and go do this. No, sit in your bed and don't get super high, but just be in that headspace of like, I'm going to step outside Mm -hmm. of this for a little bit. If we really believe that God's in the driver's seat and he's in control, I believe a lot of us have never even experienced what letting go of that even looks like. And I did Mm -hmm. that on the plane. I was like, oh, I won't have a problem flying anymore. It's some of those mind shifts where you're like, oh, that was my problem. And then I literally, I sat there for five and a half hours on that plane. I didn't watch TV. I didn't do anything except for talk to my daughter and just work through, why is this bothering me? Why is this? I feel like some of those tools of slowing down my mind like that never would have happened Without the use yeah. of this and the realizations, the profoundness. I mean, Jeanette, you have some genius moments too, where that doesn't sound like a genius moment, but you're like, shit, I've been flying and struggling with this for years. That's done. Like, it's,
0: it's not that weed is magic, though, and it's a medicine. I mean, it, it cures cancer, it makes you okay. It you know delivers everybody immediately from all anxiety. It's not that. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. a lot of what you're saying here is this. All this really points to kind of a eastern. Uh, more Eastern philosophies and, and the dissolution of the ego or meditation, all these things are kind of yeah. parallel or microdose LSD. That, they give you some peek into some other, more different, integrated, where you step out and realize your consciousness is being driven. And, you know, it's, it's all related yeah. to that kind of thing mm. where you go, wait yes, a minute, I'm is. not my anxiety. I have, I am feeling mm-hmm. this way, or I, my loss of control gives me this. It's not, it's not the, The situation is my interpretation of the situation that's causing this to be this way. So, you know, it starts to get into that territory. So some people resist it just on those grounds. It sounds like demonic Buddhism, meditation, yoga. Like it's like in that category for some (laughs) people. But it's the same reason that those things are like getting close to Christian, like Christian yoga. Like it's like, no, yeah, but... it's some other ideology creeping in. we got to fight against it. But it's, it, it. there's something for sure good about it that's worth thinking about or noticing. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. But that doesn't mean everybody should go be a Buddhist monk or, or everybody should become a pothead or whatever. I mean, it's not that. It's just there's some useful stuff out there that's not in our tradition that we've specialized and isolated so hard that we're missing that is out there. It's got to be. I think yeah, it's a little it's, bit. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, I'm not, my son's 16. He just, you know, recorded some music uh, a couple of weeks ago with some of my friends, a lot of these guys, you guys know. And, and so some of these, there was marijuana there. And like one night, like I had taken some and had a whole different experience than my friend who had been working with my son, who's never been in the studio, you know, all day long. He was just laughing and have a good time. I was working through something else. And we had two different kinds of weed and two different kinds of experiences on the same night in the same place. And I'm like, that's what it's not. You can't just lump this all in the same box. And that's where I just go, man, be open, read. You know, if people can read and they go through the site and they can publish their own story. um, That's how if we're open to it and we really want to be open to a conversation, I'm publishing everything on the site, whether it's good or bad if it's helpful and beneficial for you that had a crazy story, that's never going to touch it again. Hey, feel free to share that. That's just hasn't been, I've worked through that first bad experience because I thought there was some, you know, there, there was something in it for me to go, Hey, keep trying and keep pursuing this to the point where, I mean, Jen's right here with me. She's not like, there hasn't been a lot of other things where she's been willing to go. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I believe in this. Like, Hey, we'll take a chance on this. Even if it means, Losing friends, losing a ministry. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's huge fallout that just from this one thing, but we're, I don't know, and I'm going to speak for you, but you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready.
0: That's great.
2: How, how are y'all handling it with your kids though? Are y'all having any conversations with them yet? Or what, what's the, what's your process there?
4: Well, we first, we have them take an edible mint and then we sit down with them. Oh, no, LSD.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We microdose
4: yeah, yeah. LSD with them. That's what our friends did. The eat. milkshake. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we've never done any of those kind of LSD. We're very open. We always have been with our children. Uh, we eased our way in because my daughter, she just turned thirteen. You know, this started when she was really young. Sure. She's like no idea what any of that was. So as she's getting older it's explainable. Like we do interviews, Craig talks to people in front of the kids. Like, it's not this like big taboo secret. Mm-hmm. And they both know that it's changed their dad in a considerable way. And for me, it's been, uh, I was on Zoloft because of like serotonin stuff, but I i knew it was for more like social anxiety disorder. And I've gotten off that and I don't use cannabis regularly on a daily basis for that. But what cannabis did for me is it awakened my mind. That's another one of those, Mm -hmm. you know, Eastern words, awakening. (laughs) It awoke me to, yeah, just to, to, to figure out, get to the root of like why I have low serotonin level, why I have this social anxiety disorder that they were very aware of. Cause I would talk to them about it. Like I'm in this huge awakening and yes, it, it started with cannabis for me and I've gone on to do other things that have brought me back to like who I really am. And I've been so in tune with my spiritual self and like the Holy spirit. And I have such a different relationship with God that is just like more that, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm 44. Now I became a Christian at 19 and I, I understand now, like these things that Christians have been telling me forever, just like Jesus has been telling me, like, you got to forgive people. You have to have peace and joy and all that. It's like, I didn't, I couldn't grasp that. I don't, I didn't understand those concepts ever. And people just throw me a Bible verse like, Oh, you're feeling a little bit anxious about, you know, going up in front of 500 people to speak with Craig. Okay. Well, here's a Bible verse like, okay, well, I don't know what to do with that. So I've been getting to understand like the everything now like it all comes together for me and it's because of starting out with this marijuana stuff and it's i've just like it's it's changed my life considerably i am not on zoloft i am fine my kids see that
2: also you're owning it like that's the thing like you took you took zoloft because a someone prescribed it to you and said hey this will this is a mind-altering drug as well that will affect you this way and now you're saying wait a minute what if i want to try something for myself and and uh I mean, it's it. I, I mean, I might be speaking crazy here, but I I think that marijuana is pretty a lot more natural, probably, than Zoloft to take for your body. You have you know cannabinoid receptors and all kinds of things, yeah. and so I, I love the fact that you just uh, hey, I'm going to take ownership of this. And if it wasn't doing these things, you would use your brain like you are and go, well, that's not worth it. I'm not going to do that, or not going to do this. Like y'all, the. the I think a lot of people don't understand, like it, it, I, maybe because we're the same age, Greg, it bothers me when somebody says midlife crisis because you have way more to lose by talking about this open and yeah. honestly oh, than yeah. keeping it a secret. You could keep a this way, a secret it. and still enjoy the benefits and still get the church money but you know, or whatever, but instead you go, you know what, what if I just tell the truth? And that's what, that's what really yeah. concerns me because pastors are out there and church staff and Christians are out there scared to death to talk about it because they might lose their job or their friends or all this they stuff They when their the job. benefit. Yes, they will. Oh, and no. the benefits are, could be phenomenal. Oh yeah. I just can't even yeah. get there. I mean,
4: Zoloft did not change my life. No, let's just say that. Like yeah. you're saying that stuff about Zoloft and I get it because I've had friends say, Oh, I'm, I just would never, you know, the Bible says I'm not going to do anything that's going to alter my mind. Oh, well, like you take Prozac, like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm not even right. I'm not here to even like debate yeah, you about that, about you know, that. it's yeah. like, okay, I'm just here to take in your experience and stuff and think, okay, well. It, it, the things everybody does are mind altering. Like, you know, like you're saying stimulants, right. coffee, alcohol, food, like all these things can become Facebook misused and they can, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so f- Facebook is, Facebook, of course it is. Yeah. People numb out to Facebook, you know, yeah. people, well, it, it becomes people. a numb out. Yeah. It's yeah. a mi- mind altering thing. So it's like, what? Hey, I've, I've come to learn things that are like, actually changing the plasticity of my brain here. Like, and I'm actually changing it's permanent. And it's like, it's life changing. Like yeah. you can't tell me that my relationship with the Lord is not I fully understand what Jesus says when he's you know, have peace and find forgiveness and all that. I get that all now. Like it it's it's so powerful for yeah. me in my life that I just I can't I can't be quiet about it. Like
3: yeah. But I think for Jeanette, and I want to say this because I know we'll get beat up for that. Like, what? oh, <laughs> oh well, no Jeanette, it's changed her life. So Jeanette's used cannabis way less than I have. I you know, brought her into that. Um, but what Jeanette's talking about her experience now, it's like my friend going, I was paranoid. Oh, that's a bad thing. No, it showed you some things and now you've worked through that. The if it's an intent and you wanna be taught, like, hey, what you want be to be revealed, for Jeanette, this opened her up to some things in her life where she's like, Oh, I don't like that. Like, I don't want that anymore. And so Jeanette spent a week in, in Napa at a place called Hoffman Institute that some friends have told us about. That's like, I mean, just think like forty counseling hours crammed into one week, where now you're no drugs involved, um, nothing. And so that's that's a huge kind of turning point for Jeanette. She got back just like three weeks ago, but like getting there, getting to Hoffman, getting to the fact they're even realizing there's something off here that you want to change that enlightenment oh you oh no the lord offered that well yeah the lord i i do believe but it was like use using marijuana has helped open up things like that for her and me where it's like that it wasn't the answer just keep taking this the rest of your life and you'll never change no i don't need that anymore because now i know how to do that and that's mm-hmm. where i'm like hey do want to come on this podcast you used it, to be yeah. like pulling teeth like I mean, she liked talking to you guys. It was the only podcast. But it was like, no, I'm not comfortable in that. And now I'm seeing a confidence. I'm seeing all that. But I don't want to camp out and go, oh, that's all because of weed. No. It
4: started. It was an awareness tool for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Jeanette, I think that's really – I appreciate your thoughts and your participation here and support. And uh, Craig, I think what you're doing is really interesting. I think it's good that you have the – personality to go into the, the hectic stuff and, and be controversial. I mean, you know, no doubt about it. People like us like it and we enjoy being controversial or contrarian, but somebody's got to do that work. And I don't take that. I take that seriously. Like, of course, it's fun and we use humor and it's funny, but that's how, that's how you have to have difficult conversations. You had to start by being a goofball and having fun. I'm not calling you a goofball, but, uh, Myself, I am. I, I like that. I like that role, but I appreciate you doing that and bringing attention to this topic because, this, like I said, it's very delinquent conversation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and for you listeners out there, if you're in California, you can stop by and get, what is it, uh, 10% off a Moses Molly or a Jesus joint, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's— <laughs> Where do they hey, get the Jesus joint? We're the new joint? sponsors <laughs> of Bad Christian Podcast. Uh, you know, uh, hey, when I get some money right now, it's like, this is costing me everything. I, right. Not made a dollar, but I do think, yeah, there, there's— uh, I was just going to joke and go, dude, that would just be fun. Uh, Sponsor the podcast. I I know people (laughs) need Harry's razors and Blue Apron, but come on. We can get them some Christian Cannabis. Um, So you want
0: people to go to christiancannabis.com? That's the website now. Share their experience. Read about what you're up to.
3: Read about it. There's no products for sale. There's an idea of some ideas that we're working with, um, which is just another fun story. Like a guy in 2008 that got into the weed industry and he left the church because they thought he was crazy. But he said, I never left my faith. Uh, And he played music with a buddy of mine. And I I end up meeting him. I mean, he runs a massive weed company. And I just said, I'm going to present this to somebody and just hope and pray that like, if they have an experience in the church and they understand the Christians or they call themselves a Christian, this will resonate. Dude, I was in the factory the day, the week before we launched Christian Cannabis. I'm in the largest pot manufacturing company one of the largest in california and i was like this makes no sense but like this guy wants to help us and that's a long process to actually get products on the shelves where it's legal but do i think that would be the raddest thing where you're walking your mom's walking into the weed store and she's like ah christian cannabis like yeah i think that's a conversation starter in itself hey hey buddy mr religion it is is. is.
0: Sorry. Yeah, no, and it's it's really, cha- I mean, it's changed like crazy in the places where it's illegal. Like here, it's such a soccer mom thing to do now. Like it's crazy. Like I went to a, a camping trip with the co-op at my kid's preschool and the moms and everybody's talking about Brownies and people brought weed and everything. We're just talking about <laughs> a, a, on an overnight with the kids. I mean, it, I'm talking about in the general public. I'm not talking about Christian or church or anything. But yeah, it's I just guess, yeah. it's just very very becoming normalized at least here where I am, and it, it'll it'll follow everywhere else. I'm not trying to be condescending. We're so far ahead. It's just it'll take a while to to get everywhere. But this conversation's coming, and people people will get that. So thank you guys for for advancing it.
3: Yeah, well, thanks guys for supporting. Thank you, you know, having us on. And yeah, go to the website there's a lot on there that people can learn if you, if you want.
0: All right. We'll catch you guys real soon. Uh, thanks,
3: All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate good.
0: it. See ya. Okay. Craig gross. I uh, appreciate that very much. Toby, you enjoyed it. And Jeanette. You, and you Jeanette. forgot about
2: Jeanette. Good Lord.
0: Yeah. I well, you know it. me. I, I,
2: well, uh, those are two fun people that I just always have a good time around. I don't know why I would never met them before the, this podcast or anything. And I just think they're fun. Just fun people.
0: Yep. Yep. Free spirits out there causing trouble. Troublemakers, bad yeah,
2: I people. Bet, I, I hope bad I, people. I worry when stuff like this happens. Like, what's coming their way? Is there like some shit that's going to hit the fan? Like, it it just takes a, a few big churches to go. This guy's a bad guy. No, he's and it demonizes yeah. people. You know, what it's mean? like
0: just when for- the first uh, when people first started talking about you know LGBT stuff like Jay Baker. He always oh, the gay pastor. He's a one issue guy. You know, if you yeah. talk about anything, then you're the one. That's I you. That. that guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So whatever, but that's okay. Uh, real good, real good episode. I don't want to talk too long because that was it was long and good and all that. So we're, uh, this is a pretty up-to-date episode, too. We're put, we recorded this today. It should be out in a few minutes today, which brings me to our Daily Dose, which is another podcast we do for the people in the BC Club, and we do it every day, hence the Daily Dose. And the thing I've really enjoyed about doing that for the last couple of weeks is it comes out, 30 minutes after we're done talking and sometimes we do it live with the club and That is just—it's so much more satisfying to me. To it makes me feel connected and just embracing a digital life. I mean, there's community online. There's I talk to y'all, hang out every day. The club's there every day, and it's like not like I put out something two weeks later and then go look and see if anybody had any comments about it or somebody messages me on a Twitter DM. It's kind of just happening in real time. It's more of an integrated feel, and I love it. So I think we've got a whole bunch of more. You know, I think about. I think we've just crossed into the territory digitally, where things are starting to feel like you are somewhere else. You know, like you are at inside the digital realm when your focus is there. Like if you're a podcast, is like one of the first things where it's like, oh, I'm actually in the other place. You know, virtually. But I think the virtual designation will go away. And man, are you high? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm way out there now. No. no, I'm not. I don't ever, ever, ever get high before a podcast or in the morning. Um, I can't, I can't keep it together if I do so much. So I'm more of a nighttime guy. But I probably sound out there right now. Um, so yeah. But anyway, join the BC Club and connect with us daily that's where we'll be we'll be doing a podcast we're hanging out we're doing our thing so we'd love to see more people in there and find more like-minded people like you and get some stuff done start living this new lifestyle you know what i mean yep uh, right. so that's thebcclub.com is where you go to do that and we'll hook you up with the private feed of the daily dose and we'll we'll keep connected that's the, that's the idea
2: all right, Matt, uh, I got a couple of names of people who are in the BC Club and listen to the Daily Dose every day and sing that Daily Dose theme song that that I wrote, and my God, is it good. That's enough reason to join the BC Club anyway. But these are all people that smoked weed and did something horrific. So we got Justin Coffee murdered Definitely. lots of people in his hometown. Wow, we got hi, G- yeah. Jim, S- Jim Stevens uh, became <laughs> a mega pastor. <laughs> we got Kevin Thompson. You know what he did. Was he? He's,
0: did he use marijuana
2: or did he actually use meth? He he thought he thought all drugs that start with M are the same, and he, oh. yeah, he accidentally used meth, so that yeah. was his problem. Right. There, we got that was his fault. Yep, Victoria Gomez, uh, she is a Trump supporter. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Koalaski, <laughs> who I know from South Carolina, Sean uh, rubbed his shit all over his old high school and said like "fuck y'all." And so he took his own human feces and rubbed it all because over because of weed. Yeah, because of marijuana. Yep. Yeah. Yeah uh trisha quinn uh do you know what she did no i don't tell she me. she tried to get reva fired
0: oh yeah after she <laughs> yeah. got high she sent this really long email yeah it was a really long email it, yeah it was really I don't funny think was i loved true, it I, I don't well
2: know. it seemed true i almost want to believe yeah. trisha but the weed thing made me think maybe she's a liar yeah i don't listen to. it. but what trisha said lines. was really well written i believe yeah. that and then we got greg roth hacker Mm-hmm. What he yeah, did. Or Rot Hacker. He changed his last name to Rot Hacker.
0: Yeah, it, it was Smith yeah. before he got no, high. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Got so, it. <laughs> uh, so, that, they're in the BC Club. You should join the BC Club too. See
1: ya.